Beautiful soul, inhale with me. Mm. Exhale with me. Inhale the moment with me. Exhale yesterday, five minutes ago in the past with me. Today, beautiful soul, we are saying no to triggers. Yes, we are saying no to paralyzing triggers that stops our minds, hearts, bodies, and souls from propelling forward. Triggers that keep us from being the great beings that we can and will be. Today, today, here on ISM Pod, we say no. We say no. We say hell no to paralyzing triggers. Beautiful soul unicorns. No, 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 no. Nope. It's Stephanie, the life architect. Oh, hell no. How about no? No, 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 no. Hell no. Hashtag ISN pod. Hola, hermosas armas. What does that mean? Hello, beautiful souls in Spanish. 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 Espanol. Hola, como ta? Bien? Y tu? No? Yeah? Maybe? Si? Nah. Either way, welcome to the latest episode of The I Said No podcast. I am so happy to be talking to you today. You have no idea how much I miss chatting with you. These bi-weekly episodes allow me to live my life, but it also allows me to miss you. I am a believer in absence making the heart grow fonder, and my heart is fond for you today because my heart is also fond for me today, and I'll get a little bit into why later on in the big pink elephant in the room segment. But first, what's up with you? Let me know how is your world? How is it moving? How is it shaking? What is it doing? Here in New York, my home base, uh, not winter, (laughs) I'm rushing it. Lord knows I don't want it to be here yet. But fall has finally arrived after an Indian summer. Is that even politically correct to say anymore, Indian summer? I'm not sure. If you know, please let me know. Uh, I'm not sure. Should I edit that out? No, I'm human. I'm going to leave that in there. And then you're going to let me know if that is okay to still say Indian summer. I grew up saying that anytime the weather wasn't appropriate to the season. So anytime it stayed warm when it was supposed to be cool, It was defined as an Indian summer. And we had one in the middle of September. It was still, you know, August weather. And here at the beginning of October, we just had, I think, a record-breaking 88 to 90 degree day in New York City. And people want to talk about global warming is not real. Ciao, bye. I am full of joy, though I am feeling a little misty blue. I am full of gratitude, though I'm feeling a little melancholy. Though I am feeling those things, life has to still go on. Things have to still happen. Butter has to still churn. And people still have their needs. And I have needs. And one of my needs was to talk to you today. I am feeling some type of way, many types of ways, because of the state of the world. I am not a fan of white women killing black men in their own apartment while they're eating ice cream and getting only 10 years, which we know will not be fully served. And then the level of, in my opinion, oppressive compassion that is shown by the family and the judge and the bailiff that are all of color to this white 
murderer. Yes, I said murderer. That is my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I'm not changing it. I said what I said to this white murderer, to a black man, again, minding his business where he pays rent in his apartment, eating ice cream, minding his business in his apartment, eating ice cream, minding his business in his apartment, eating ice cream. Yeah, I'm feeling some type of way. I'm feeling some type of way. And what are those ways? Because I always tell you, we got to define our feelings. I am angry. I am hurt. I am enraged. I am tired. Ooh, child, my color. My color is tired. My color is worn down to the nub, honey. My color is smoked down to its emotional filter. I am tired of the injustices that are happening in this world. And from what I see on social media from you guys, you're tired too. But we don't know how to get rest in this area. We don't know how to get respite. We don't know how to get charged at all in this area. We don't know how to make it make sense. We don't know how to make racial injustice make sense. And if you're frustrated like me, welcome. Welcome to the reality train. Welcome to where we don't suppress our feelings. Welcome to where we say no to hiding how we feel and how we articulate how we feel. I want to speak to those of you who are okay with releasing your needs, with speaking your needs. That's what we do around here. In case you haven't noticed, hey, all new listeners, hi. Yeah, welcome. This is how we roll here on hashtag what? I-S-N pod. Let me switch gears quickly out of my rage to say thank you. Thank you to my Patreon subscribers. I am going to shout your beautiful soul selves out right now. I want to say thank you to Aisha, Kenyatta, Tanisha, Sam, Kadeen, and Hype. I am so proud to have six Patreon subscribers. You guys have no idea. I thought nobody was going to sign up, but you did. And our first video call happened and some exclusive content was already released and we've been having some dialogue and I'm so proud of this platform. Thank you, Patreon. You guys really, really did something great here. I'm so proud of the platform Patreon has created for creators to take it to the next level, to build a subscription-based service for all of the things that we create. And so far, it's been magical. So if you're interested in being an investor in Stephanie, the life architect, in the I Said No podcast, in BLCNY, which is my main company, Better Life Choices of New York, please click the link in any of my social media bios or click the link down in the show notes, mm -hmm, that Patreon link, and check out the tiers. There are four of them for you. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared to promote myself. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am, I am not scared to say what I am doing. I am not scared to ask you for your assistance, whether it be uh, emotionally, physically, financially, uh, mentally. I'm not scared. I'm not scared to say that your likes and your comments and your shares, though they matter, they don't pay my bills. They don't pay for this laptop, this expensive Mac, this microphone. They don't pay for the editing system. They don't pay for the glam. When you book me to come out and see you, they don't pay for the venue for the events. No, your likes and your comments don't do that. But what does do that is your investment in me because you believe in me. So I appreciate you all who have already invested in my Patreon subscription services. Those of you who've ever bought a t-shirt, the new sweatshirts, the new no, nah, nope sweatshirts that have dropped, the new healed healing healer sweatshirts that have dropped and of course your old faithfuls your respect my boundaries and your emotionally healthy t-shirts have been converted 
into sweatshirts, champion sweatshirts to be exact, our old 90s favorite. I had to do it. I had to do it. I loved champion growing up and I wanted to bring them to you. So thank you for everyone who is loving the fall and winter merch. Thank you for everyone who does like, who does share, who does comment. But this is a special thank you to all of my people who take it past the likes, the comments and the shares, the people who buy the tickets, the people who buy the merch, the people who subscribe to the subscriptions, the people who book the coaching the people who book the parties with a purpose, the people who book me to speak, the people who said, here is my coin, sis. Here you go. So thank you again. I'm going to say y'all names again, just because y'all that dope. Aisha, Kenyatta, Tanisha, Sam, Kadeen, and Hype. Thank you for investing in me. Y'all know what that sound means by now. To all of my new listeners, if you don't know, now you know. When you hear this... That means it's time for us to get real down to the nitty gritty. Yes, down to the to the bones. We peel the layers when you hear the elephant. Why? Because it's time for the big pink elephant in the room. The big pink elephant in the room. The big pink elephant in the room. The elephant is pink. The elephant is big. But you keep acting like you don't. See, shit. Big pink elephants. What is big pink elephants, you ask new listeners? Like I said, it's when we get down to the nitty gritty. It's when we talk about a topic or topics that other people walk around. They see it. They smell it. It's bright. It's pink. It's huge. It's large in volume. It's loud. It it, it resonates, but people turn a deaf ear to it. They turn their nose off. They become nose deaf. They don't see. They are now blind and they don't want to address that thing. Here on the I Said No podcast, we address big pink elephants. And today's big pink elephant is triggers. Mm -hmm. Triggers. All of us are now talking about triggers. Self-help is the new Boom, honey, self-help, empowerment. I hate to say it because this is the field I am in. It disturbs me to say it, but it is true. Self-help, just like podcasting, is the new rap game. We are no longer focused on flat tummy tees and mixtapes. We are focused on selling healing. We are focused on selling tickets to brunches that have no purpose. We are focused on getting followers to follow us and buy into our investment in their healing. And what many people are doing is doing this uncredentialed. And while I am so happy that therapy, life coaching, counseling, healing, Uh, meditation, palo santo and sage burning, silence and nature and all of the things that are really setting your timelines ablaze. Though I am very happy that all of these things that are genuine and actual staples in my actual life and that have been proven to work are getting their shine, just like everything that gets its shine, it's, it's becoming watered, down. Everybody's manifesting. Everybody has anxiety. Everybody wants to be depressed because having anxiety and depression, whether you want to admit it or not, is all of a sudden cool. All of a sudden it's the thing. It's hip. It's now. It's popping. It's what's happening. When there are real people such as myself who suffer 
suffer and find nothing funny, nothing cool or trendy about anxiety or trendy about self-doubt or trendy about trauma, trendy about depression. No, 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 no. We don't find triggers to be something that is comical, something that's tweetable and quotable and hashtagable. No, 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 no. We actually get up every single day and we hope and pray that someone doesn't say, that smell doesn't come, that song doesn't play, that memory doesn't pop in our head so that we are not paralyzed. I want to talk to you today about triggers. Can I go there with you? Can I go there with you about triggers? I was triggered like a motherfucker today. Child. I was triggered today. My daddy issues literally literally resurrected out of nowhere. And they've been dormant for a while. They have been dormant for a while. I have been working on my daddy issues for years now and they have gotten better, but they are still here. And when I first started doing my work, when I first started assessing, when I first started acknowledging, when I first started the the, the journey to not be angry and full of rage every single day, to not lash out, to not be the person that I didn't want to be. When I first started to be the person that I needed when I was younger, when I first started to feel like it was time for me to not blame everyone, but take ownership. My daddy issues were one of the first things that I took on. The reason that I am a champion for pain management first before healing and sometimes in lieu of healing is because of my daddy issue. What I didn't know as a young girl is a lot of my anger, my rage, my act out, my partying, my excessive partying, drinking and drug use was because I was in a constant state of mourning and grieving. And for those of you who are not clear on the definition of mourning, it is to feel or show deep sorrow or regret for someone or something. Now, most people only link mourning to death, death of the flesh. The definition of grief is to cause to suffer, feel or show sorrow or grief. Grief synonym to mourning. You follow me so far? So I'm in a constant state of grief as I'm a young lady and I don't know this. So I'm looking for ways to fill that grief hole. But as I do my work, I become older. I start to grow. I start to evolve. I start to stretch. I start to realize that I don't want to feel that anymore. However, no one can tell me that grief and mourning can always be healed. Most people attach grief and mourning only to death of the flesh. Someone dies and leaves this earth never to return again in the flesh form. And that is when people say you're grieving or you're mourning. What people don't realize is a loss is a loss is a loss. And I don't have to only grieve over someone or something that is removed from this earth. I can grieve and mourn over someone who is removed from me. So many of us are grieving and in mourning and full of sorrow. And it shows, it shows in our tweets, it shows in our actions, it shows in how and what we eat, what we drink, it shows in what we wear, it shows in how we interact and how we react or act towards and with other people. And when I started to stretch, I realized that this was something that I don't think was going to just be healed. I had to focus on managing the pain, the grief, the sorrow, the mourning that I was feeling. Management definition is the process of dealing with or controlling 
something, people, or things. Now, I believe that healing is possible for many things. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, as a healer myself, as a certified professional life coach, as someone who is intuitive, who has been called and felt and felt and feels as if they are an empath, I refuse to ride the wave of healing only. You cannot tell me that what I feel about my father's absence, how I feel inside this pain that has gotten better, but is still there will ever go away. I am not convinced. I am not convinced. I am not convinced that my mourning will never not be woven into the fabric of my being. With that said, management tells me that even though it is woven into the fabric of my being, it does not have to control me. And that is the difference. That is the difference with pain management. It is there. It just doesn't have to lead me. However, though it doesn't lead me, it, like I say, pops up at times. And today, this morning, early this morning, I had a training session at the gym with my trainer. He's a new trainer for me. He's really good. He's helping me get my body to where I believe it should be. And this is not my first session with him. This is my third. And out of nowhere, in the middle of the session, I just felt this strong desire, this urge, this need to cry. Cry. Just, just cry. Like, just cry. I just wanted to cry. And Though I know it would have been fine, I suppressed it and I wanted to focus on my body and I wanted to identify why those tears like the tears now were coming and forming. But I felt also good that I was working out in the moment because I got to use those feelings and really put them into my workout and had an amazing workout. When the workout was over, however, I go downstairs to the locker room and I bust out in tears. I mean, ooh, child, full-blown tears. And I let them fall. I let them fall. I let them fall. No, I didn't go into the bathroom stall and hide. I sat right on that bench in that locker room and I just cried. It was a silent weep because I realized that I was triggered. I was triggered. And I said, what? The F is going on. I literally asked myself, I said, Stephanie, what is going on? I encourage self-talk, not only for popular affirmations that everyone wants to talk about and most don't do, but for actual dialogue and conversation. No one knows you like you. You can't always access your therapist. You can't always access your life coach, even if it's me. You can't always access your counselor. You cannot always access the person you go to, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your homegirl, your homeboy, your man, your mom, your dad, you can't always access the people that you need to help you dissect. You have to be self-sufficient. You have to participate in your own rescue. And I said, I am participating. I am throwing myself a lifeline. Girl, girl, what is triggering you? And let me tell you what I answered. I am at the end of my 30s and it has been a long journey with my body. I have been as big as almost 250 pounds at one time. I have gone all the way back down to my goal weight of, I think it's like one, at the time it was like 160 something. I have 
overeating, binge eating. I have stuck my finger down my throat to throw up after every meal. I have starved myself. I have done gluten-free, no carbs, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian. Hell, you name it, I've tried it. I have been up at five in the morning with trainers for months straight. I have taken boot camps. I have done it Oh, I have been on Weight Watchers. I have counted points. I have done so many. I've had liposuction. I've done so many things to achieve a healthy looking body by my definition of a healthy body. I've had a breast reduction. Hell, I want another one because they grew back. And though people tell you that they can't grow back, you don't believe them. And then they grow back and you're like, damn, I got these big old things again. I have done everything to help myself feel what I believe is beautiful, not just with my clothes on because everybody be like, you look good. And then you're like, you don't see me naked. You don't feel what I feel when I'm, you know, unclothed. I do love myself. Absolutely. But I have never shied away from letting you all know that I have battled, battled with self image issues. People have told me, I feel like you have body dysmorphia. I feel like you don't understand what you look like, both naked, not naked, in a bathing suit, out of a bathing suit. I just don't feel like you get it. And I hear them and they might be right. It's never been diagnosed by a professional, but I understand the sentiment. I have done so many things, not only to just be healthy, not just to not feel insecure, but also to be able to breathe when I run up a step. You know, some of this stuff, yes, it's health-based and superficial, but a lot of it is superficial. And then there is some uh, health stuff tied into there. I want to wear a bikini for the first time, you know, before I die. Is that that deep when I look back at it to be sticking my finger down my throat and every after every meal? And I'm not just talking about at home. I'm talking about when we were in restaurants, when we were in clubs, three o'clock in the morning, coming home from hanging out. I had to get that food out of me because I thought that if it stuck to my ribs, that would be another pound. So this is all going through my head while I'm crying at the gym because I'm like, I'm old, I'm tired and I'm sore and I'm in pain. And I can't believe that after all these years, I'm damn near going to be 40. Like I just still, I still don't got what I believe is what I should have when it comes to my body. I'm still unhealthy. I still get winded. It still takes a lot for me to jog. I should be, I should be. And I was judging myself with the shoulds. I was judging myself with the shoulds. And let me tell you where the turn went. Because my trainer is a guy, I've had trainers that were women. I do believe that women are more than capable of doing the same thing that men do. But for me, when I have a trainer, so far I feel that the man that I have or the men that I've trained with have been more of what I need for my training by my belief, right? For whatever reason, when I was training today with my trainer, It made me think about my biological father, who is very fit and is military. So, you know, the discipline is there. The regimen is there. The, oh, what I hate that I don't have in terms of my body is there. I have it with my mind. If I set myself to be a podcast, I'm going to be a podcast. If I say I'm going to be a life coach, I'm going to be a life coach. If I'm going to start a subscription service, I'm going to do it. So I have discipline. It's not the question of do I have it. It's where I allocate it. And it's never been something for me that I stick with. I have no stick to when it comes to discipline with my body and my health. So I'm working out with this guy and my biological father and his body his discipline, his military background just stuck in my head. And 
I started to tell myself this story while I was working out. Unhealed Stephanie. Unhealed Stephanie is often triggered by seemingly physically strong men. Not all. Not every man with muscles trigger me. No. Sometimes it could just be the guy's skin tone mixed with his build. Could be something said. I don't know. But again, not all physically fit guys, not all swole guys, not all guys with muscles trigger me. Sometimes they do, depending on a few variables. I don't know if any of this is making sense. But like I said, if you're a strong guy and you're listening, no, you don't necessarily trigger me. And it's not funny, but I'm laughing because I can hear somebody saying, well, damn, she can't be around muscles. That's not true. I likes the muscles. Hello, boys. I likes the muscles. But it also had to do with this man teaching me as I feel a father should. Are you following me? As I feel my father didn't. Are you following me? As I feel I missed out on. You're following me? So the unhealed part of me, little Stephanie showed up and was like, damn, you're doing this at this age and you're tired. Girl, what if dad is that if that's even what you would have called him, what if he was around? Would you be struggling with this component of your life is if he was here? Because I bet you wouldn't. Young Stephanie, unhealed Stephanie, little Stephanie is making up narrative. She then takes it upon herself to invade my space and tell me that if he was here, if he was a part of my life, that I would not have been bulimic. I would have not been a binge eater. I would have not gotten liposuction. I would have not only eaten fruit and grapes and cheese for six months. I would have not done all the harsh things that I've done to my beautiful body that has carried me throughout all of it. My unhealed self was triggered by this man who was educating me in a way that I feel my biological father who has this knowledge should have. And it set me the fuck off. It's still setting me off. This was hours ago. And I just said, what? What, Stephanie? It doesn't mean he, if he was in your life, you would automatically be physically fit just because he was. But then I counted back. I counted back. My brokenness counted back. Little Stephanie counted back and was like, girl, you don't know that. You don't know that. Just like you don't know anything, what would have been if he was in your life. You don't know if you wouldn't have. You don't know if he would have taken that and put that on you or offered that to you. You don't know if you would have taken it if he did or didn't. Either way, because he wasn't there, this is why you're here. I was triggered. I am triggered. And again... I'm mad because I know none of this is true. I know this is all the land of make-believe. I know this is my wound speaking. I know that I associated a physically fit man who has the same similar build to my biological father and the same skin tone. And he is educating me. He is teaching me. He is guiding me. He is taking his time with me. He is, he is nurturing the part of me that I need that I've always needed, I'm triggered. I'm triggered. And this periodic mourning that I deal with, because it is not consistent, it can be years, months. I seriously haven't thought about this dude in a long time. Periodic mourning, just boom, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. 
knocks you off your feet, paralyzes you. My husband's calling me because he came to pick me up from the gym because we got errands to run. And he's calling like I'm outside, but I can't, I can't go outside yet because I'm triggered. I'm in the locker room and I'm triggered. And I don't care about how I looked to people. I cared that this man who's not supposed to matter to me, who is literally not here, matters. So I don't want to go outside with him mattering. So I go in the bathroom, wash my hands, I wash my face, I dab my tears, I throw on my shades, greet my husband, and we go to Target. And while I'm in the aisles at Target, I'm crying under my sunglasses because I'm still what? I'm triggered. I'm in Starbucks. Guess what's happening? I'm triggered. I go to pay. The lady looks at me. She sees the tears streaming under my Ray-Bans. She gives me a nice little smile. I smile back. But my smile doesn't mean that I'm not triggered. I'm triggered. This is not a fad. This is not a hashtag. This is life. There are people who are triggered by smells, by tastes, by touches. Is touches a word? By touch. By words. By hand gestures. By locations. By songs. By food. By colors. This is not a gimmick. We get online and we see something that we don't like and we find a really cute gif and we say we're triggered. I'm triggered. Someone makes us mad just because we're spoiled and don't like people to actually have their own opinion. And we then turn around and say we're triggered. And I understand that social media can be a fun platform. Absolutely. I enjoy it as well. But I see a lot of buzzwords being thrown around, a lot of psychological buzzwords being thrown around. Everybody says, oh, I have anxiety today. Oh, I think I'm depressed. Or again, I am triggered. And I want you to understand what a trigger is. As we know, most people refer to trigger when it becomes the discussion of a gun, a small device that releases a spring or catch and so sets off a mechanism, especially order in order to fire a gun. That is the noun of trigger. The verb of trigger is to cause an event or situation to happen or exist. This event, this situation, this person, this place, this thing has triggered me. In terms of the psychological definition of a trigger, a trigger is a stimulus such as a smell, a sound, or a sight, or a person that triggers feelings of trauma. People usually use the word trigger in terms of describing post-traumatic stress, PTSD. D. Triggers are anything that reminds someone of a previous trauma. To be triggered is to have an intense emotional or physical reaction, such as a panic attack after an incurred trigger. So when you just say, I'm annoyed, but you want to attach trigger to it, my beautiful souls, you are not triggered. A trigger is to have an intense emotional or physical reaction. Your eye roll is not a trigger, okay? Your teeth suck is not a trigger. Your need to then disagree with someone because they like the summer and you like the spring is not a trigger. I need us to understand 
that this mental health stuff, this emotional health stuff, this pain management, this change management, this healing is not a game. It's not, it's not, it's not. And we have to be mindful of making a mockery of the pain and the coping mechanisms that people have to deal with and activate every single day. So many people face triggers on a daily basis, a news event, people who live through 9-11, lost loved ones in 9-11 or any tragedy, any time a veteran comes home and they hear a pop. The 4th of July, actually, though many people celebrate and love that holiday in the summertime, that is one of the most triggering holidays for people who are returning home or who have returned home from the army veterans, for people who have lived in neighborhoods that were not safe, that had guns and violence in their upbringing. Those who have lost loved ones to gun violence, people are full of pain. And to mock triggers is unacceptable. A lot of people deal with triggers on the anniversary dates of someone's death. A lot of people deal with triggers when they're feeling extremely overwhelmed. A lot of people are triggered, as we know, when family is involved. The holidays, oh my, (laughs) you already know. If you are a fan of the I Said No podcast, you know that the holidays are high time. I don't go on vacation around that time. I don't leave you because I know that you need me. I know that triggers are real when you got to go back home or the pressure to go home or the pressure to have home come to you or the pressure to create your own traditions and the pressure to conform and the pressure to go into your house now as a vegetarian or a vegan or a Christian or a Muslim or uh, to come out of the closet. Uh, the pressure, the pressure to not conform to the expectation of your parents, your aunts, your uncles, and your cousins. Those are triggers that end of a relationship abandonment, spending too much time alone, being judged, criticized, teased, or put down. So if someone is joking with you and they like, girl, you stupid, and you lose your shit, like they're not your friends no more, you done flipped over a table, you hear the word stupid, and you lose your mind, you have been triggered. You have been triggered when something or someone sends you to a place of darkness. Darkness varies for all of us. Darkness could be tears like it was for me today. Darkness could be rage like it was for you today. Darkness could be silence and shutdown like it was for you today. Darkness could be a combination of it all. Darkness does not have to look the same for everyone. They say healing is linear. So is trauma. It doesn't always look, smell, taste, and feel the same for everybody. You understand your triggers because when you are triggered, you step out of who you are on a daily basis. A trigger sends you just like the trigger on a gun. Boom. It releases and ignites a bullet in the direction of anyone who is there to receive it because someone sets something off in you. I was triggered today. I was feeling anxiety. I was feeling overwhelmed. My heart was racing. I felt sad. I felt lonely. I felt abandoned. I was triggered today. I was triggered back and and, and went into, I went back into this space of darkness. 
I don't even know what else to call it. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Trust me, I know you're speaking to me, Stephanie, the life architect. I know that everything I associated this workout with doesn't necessarily mean that it won't happen again. I know that triggers, they don't require my permission to not show up. They don't ask me. They don't RSVP. They don't say, hey, you mind if I stroll by today? No, today's not good. All right, I'll come back tomorrow. That's not how triggers work. That's not how triggers work. Your senses are alerted to something that reminds you of the pain, of the trauma. And instead of drinking it away, instead of eating it away, what I did was feel it. And I'm still feeling it. It was hours ago. It was early this morning. I come to you now. I'm recording at home with my uh, bonnet on my head, my deep conditioner in my hair with my heated bonnet on my head, working all my natural trusses out. And it is 9 p.m. and I'm talking to you. And this was at 9 a.m. And here we are several hours later and I'm still feeling what I feel. I decided to respect the trigger. I decided to honor my trigger and not try to rush it away, not try to hide it, not try to cloud its judgment. I decided to be a great host to my trigger. It is here. You heard me crying just a few minutes ago. It's here. I am feeling all the feels and I'm feeling it sober on purpose. Too many of us take our triggers and we try to suppress them and we try to mask it with sex and we try to mask it with shopping and we try to mask it with alcohol. We try to mask it with partying. We try to mask it with work. We try to mask it instead of sitting literally in it and feeling that thing. Girl, Boy, feel that thing. The reason I am able to speak about this to you is because I honor my triggers. It has been years. There were times where I couldn't get out of bed. Father's Day used to tear me apart. And though you guys know my pops, you've heard him here, Pastor Calvin Haynes. You know when you heard the episode with him that I asked him to adopt me. He is not my biological father. I want you to know that if you have a great stepmom or stepdad who has raised you and has loved you, it's not disrespect to them to mourn your parents, your biological. I want you to limit the guilt that you may feel about making them feel bad that you still have a hole in your heart, a hole in your soul, a hole in your emotional being that no one can fill. You have every right to be in mourning. And my mourning has grown from continuous, everyday, all day mourning to periodic mourning. I see the effects of the pain management. I see it. I feel it. And I wanted to express this to you today because there's someone who's triggered and they are just so mad. I was so mad. I was so mad today. So fucking mad. I was so mad because I'm like, God damn it, Stephanie. Damn it. You've come so far. You haven't felt this in damn, maybe a year or two. What the fuck? And then I said, hold on. Let me celebrate the year or two that it did not trigger me. That Father's Day did not trigger me. That hearing his name on other people, with other people, other people that share his name didn't trigger me. That if somebody asked about him or the situation, I didn't necessarily feel the need to bite their head off in the head of their young. I have grown. It's okay. 
it's okay, Stephanie. You're experiencing periodic mourning. You're allowed to still mourn. Why are you beating yourself up, beautiful soul? Why are you beating yourself up because you're not completely healed from something? Why are you beating yourself up because pain management is all that you have for this situation? Why? Why? I ask you the same questions that I ask myself. We are human beings. We are mystical, magical human beings that at times don't feel mystical and magical. That at times are hurting and in need. That at times need to release tears. That at times need to feel deeply. That at times we feel so much that our skin is raw to the touch. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to tell you what I told myself and what I'm going to tell myself for the rest of the night. You are allowed to be in periodic mourning. You're allowed to see where you've come from. You're allowed to identify, acknowledge, and praise that the mourning, the mourning, the mourning endured for a night, but joy eventually came in the morning and it'll come again. You're allowed to say that this thing still hurts me. This reminder took me back to the hurt. But you're also allowed to say, now I'm assessing the hurt. I'm not allowing the hurt to guide and lead me. I'm actually talking to the hurt. I'm asking the hurt, what is it here to teach me? Hey, Trigger. Hey, Trigger. What are you here to remind me of? What are you here to tell me that I need to still look at and pay attention to? Talk to me. Let me know. Let me know, Trigger. Let me know. Are you just reminding me? That I am human and I feel? Are you reminding me of what? Are you reminding me of something that I get to teach someone else? Are you reminding me of something that I get to pay forward? Are you reminding me what this feels like because God is going to send someone who needs comfort in this same area soon? Are you going to remind me what this feels like because I'm going to get on the microphone and speak to somebody who is in mourning, who is full of sorrow because of a trigger, who is triggered? And needs to know that it's okay that they're triggered. That needs to understand that they can go back and see how this thing triggered them before and how they used to act and how they used to react versus how they act and react now. Is it because Mr. and Mrs. Trigger that I am a vessel? I am vessel living. And though this gym meltdown seemed like it ruined my day, it actually made my day? Is that what it is, Trigger? Let me tell you something. Life has punched me in the face over the course of my humanity. There were times when life punched me in the face and knocked out a tooth and I was bleeding on the floor. And there has been other times like today that life hits me. I take it on the chin. I hit it back. It hits me again. And it thinks it's one because it sees me bleeding. But I quickly turn around and let it know that you hit like a bitch. You hit like a big ass bitch. And if you thought you was going to knock me down, somebody done told you the fuck wrong. You will not get the best of me. You will not get the best of me. You will not trigger, get the best of me. I will allow you to trigger me, but you will not run me. I will allow you to trigger me, but you will not run me. I say no. I say no today. Beautiful soul say it with me. I say no 
to allowing our triggers to paralyze us and keep us from elevating, keep us from growing, keep us from moving forward, keep us from managing our lives. I say no to triggers allowing us to treat other people like crap. I say no to triggers allowing us to treat ourselves like crap. I say no to being angry that though it wasn't our fault, it is our responsibility to make sure that those who wronged us do not have control over us. Beautiful triggered soul. Thank you so, so much for tuning into this episode of the I Said No podcast. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of like. You are worthy of peace. You are worthy of sanity. You are worthy of abundance. You are worthy of sleep. You are worthy of joy. You are worthy of happiness. You are worthy of any and everything that you desire in life. Remember to love yourself always in all ways. Until we meet again.